This is Live from the Table, a Comedy Cellar affiliated podcast coming at you on Sirius XM 99 Raw Dog and the Laugh Button Podcast Network. This is Dan Natterman. I'm with Noam Dorman, owner of the world famous Comedy Cellar, and Perry Alashenbrand, our producer. And we've had some discussion about what <laughs> producing means, but anyway. We I think beat, Nicole's our producer. We've beaten that horse to death, so we'll move on. And of course, Nicole Lyons, the great audio wizard behind the scenes. She doesn't say much. But she does oh so much. Anyway, here we are, the last podcast of 2022. Hard to believe that the uh, century is nearly a quarter of the way done. I mean, it seems like yesterday that this century was kicking off. That's crazy. I can remember the Y2K scare when we thought all all the power was going to go out. Remember that? Yeah, I, I remember certainly that. do. And uh, and I was here the the night of um, uh, when 2000 came, and you know and. Um, slightly nervous that you know the Y two K thing would come to pass. Um, but and no, you know, I I I, I remarked, I made this remark on, uh, I think I posted this on Facebook. I have yet to hear anybody refer to this decade as the twenties yet. Uh, is it because uh, a am I wrong and people do refer to it as the twenties? B are we too early in the decade for people to start referring to the decade? Or C is this just this decade's not that interesting and people don't talk about it? Well. Uh, just just to go back for a second, I want to answer that. I just want to tell listeners because I realize, I mean, I know the Y two K thing was a thing where um, electronic dates were just done with the last two numbers of the year, so sixty five would be nineteen sixty five, sixty nine, whatever. And uh, when it set to zero zero again, people who had programmed computers hadn't contemplated zero zero, so they were afraid that for computers would think it was now earlier, back to nineteen hundred. So they had to reprogram. Every single piece of software uh, that had that was date oriented to to uh, be able to have uh, four digits, you know, nineteen blah blah blah, and two zero xx. So anyway, so they thought there was gonna be tremendous malfunctions. Some people even thought there might be missile launches, whatever it is. But um, actually, nothing happened. So why don't they call it the twenties? Well, I I, I haven't did. heard. I haven't heard it. They started to like back in twenty nineteen. I think there was some talk about comparing. 2020 right like but i generally don't 20s. hear like too early. Hear, they call it no the because covid covid I, happened that's what happened is that they started to get excited and they were calling it the comparing it to the roaring 20s and then covid happened and they were like forget it it's a disaster no that's not what happened at all you made all of that up i didn't the roaring 20s <laughs> was the thing that people started saying after COVID. Like, after COVID, just like after the Spanish flu, they had the roaring 20s. We're going to have our own roaring 20s. We're going to roar back just like this. they roared back after the First World War and the Spanish flu. Nobody's roaring. Nobody's roaring. Business is booming. This is but the you, roaring you 20s. Say, you're saying that, uh, with regard to my question, you feel it's too early in the decade for people to start referring to the decade? Yeah, I don't I, remember I, calling I, it the 90s in 1991. Or 1992. I don't, um, I, I don't remember with precision. The, the earliest reference to the 80s that I can remember, and that I can remember, uh, somebody referring to the 80s as the 80s, is Eddie Murphy Raw when he says, got to have a J-O-B in the 80s. Uh, Ain't no romance without finance. No, that, that was already after, that was 80. That was like 86. 86. 86. Yeah. You have material world, a material girl, you ain't got no money, you ain't got no pussy. He was quoting Madonna, of course. <laughs> but but uh, also the 80s, the, gre- the decade of greed and excess, I think people started... Referring to that, uh, probably in the late 80s with like uh, the takeover, the corporate takeovers. But here's my question, Dan. But I don't, by the way, the aughts, I almost never hear. I do hear it, but I seldom hear it. And the teens, I never hear. 
It's awkward to say teens. Anyway, here it tens. But here's my question. Would you agree with the following? That in our lifetimes, I'm a little bit older than you, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, start, I would say what I'm about to describe started going the other way in the 90s, but 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s were very distinct culturally, musically, movie-wise. Uh, it would seem so. It would seem so. And maybe it may be a little, little bit of retrofitting because, you know, th th these decades aren't perfectly, it's not like when 19... 80 started, all of a sudden we started wearing bright colors and singing new wave music. There, there was some... Yeah, but by, by, by in the 70s when I was in high school, there was a whole 50s revival. Right, with well, like the movie and Grease, yeah. And this was, now I know, that was like 50s were just like the day before yesterday, you know. Well, the 50s it was like in the 80s planet. were like the 80s are today. In 1975. Or the 90s even. In 1975, the, the TV series Happy Days, which was based on the 50s, right, yeah. was depicting another... Planet, mm. like in just like right. 15, 20 years, everything right. had changed. Well, like that 70s show kind of did that in the 90s. Yeah. The 70s were a totally different time. You, you could, but the difference between now and the aughts or even the 90s, it's, it's not that obvious. It doesn't to me. seem that obvious, yeah, to us. Maybe in part because maybe we're, as we get older, no, the music that comes on the radio now. It's not the nineties had a specific yeah, flavor the 90s. of music. Well, I said it started to roll off in the nineties, but like with like with grunge and all that stuff, you could something could come out. There there with nineties like, song, when I hear a nineties song, I'm usually like, Yeah, this is a fucking nineties song. Okay. And how about a two thousand five as opposed to two thousand fifteen? Not no, I can't, you know, no. I the answer is no to those but, questions. But even in the nineties songs, compared to like doo wop to, you know, Led Zeppelin, like the fifties to the seventies. It's not night and day like that. It's it's like it, it, you're, you're talking about gradual changes, movie wise. Like you could tell a '70s movie in two seconds, you know. I well, you can really tell, tell it because of the cars, because of the suits, the 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 pacing, the dialogue, the way they're dressed, everything. I guess you know, you could tell a movie from the early 2000s. I guess. Well, but, you can tell but, by the phone. Yeah, there's there, you you, but what. As a as a young kid, I could tell you very easily back then if a mo was an old movie. Like you could just, what am I even trying? I don't know if my kids could tell that a movie from two thousand five looks so much different than a movie. I mean, the Avengers movies have spanned how long already? Yeah, they don't look that different. Well, is it that movie technology is, in, is stagnated so that uh, the the look of movies, like, like obviously black and white, was a big difference between black and white and color. Yeah, and and. Um, yeah, just CGI is, you know, now now there's really no breakthroughs in special effects anymore. So the, maybe the movie technology is sort of stagnated, so that's why we don't see a huge difference. It's like computers. I mean, I remember when Windows um, 3.1, that was like the first stable version of Windows, and then Windows 95, and then to Windows, whatever it was after the ME. Whatever. These were big changes in the operating systems. Now, and we looked forward to them, like, wow, it's going to be... New Horizons. Now I hate when there's a new Windows release because there has not been a new feature in a Windows release in years that really was like memorable to me. By the way, we do have a Gen Zer in the house. I know she doesn't like to talk very much. She might be able to speak to some of this. Uh, Nicole, if you see something from the early 2000s, does it hit you like a ton of bricks? Um, maybe. I don't know because I'm in like a weird place where I was born in 96. So the tech was starting to come to be 
when I was a kid, but for most of the beginning of my childhood, I didn't have it. So I feel like, in a way, it's a little nostalgic. Well, what if you hear a song from like you know two thousand five? You're like, yeah, this is a two thousand. This is a this is an odd song. The way the way a '70s song is pretty identifiable, even in the '80s to us. You know, I think so. Probably like two thousand eight is the most identifiable to me. I feel like I can pick those out pretty easily, but but that's also because you remember where you were at that time. Yeah, I don't know if it's stylistically the songs. Maybe I don't know. It was a lot of like pop punk and you know emo kind of stuff and Kesha and well, weird I, pop like that. I'm not here to argue that everything has stopped completely static, but there is not the difference decade over decade. It doesn't seem to be that, that there used to be the in culture now technologically. I mean, you know, Instagram, TikTok, these things are big, big changes that we've seen in. Okay, but okay. So in terms te- of in terms of that technologically, what year did the iPhone come out? That was twelve years ago, I think. About two thousand eight ish, maybe. Okay, so there was between two nineteen ninety five and two thousand ten. Technologically, internet, all of it is yeah, it was dramatic. Big. Between two thousand ten and two thousand twenty five, will not be as it just simply not be as dramatic. And the last ten years, I mean, with iPhone updates and the Android updates, it's just not that different, right? It's just not that different. The, the breakthroughs of. I mean, the the everyday presence of social media is a big difference. Yeah, and I don't know when you could date that from. Yeah, that's true. That's different. Um, I mean, no, that's my, more recent. MySpace was, I guess, two thousand five, but it, I don't know that everybody was on it. No, that's more like the last ten years. Yeah, and, you're right. So you know, anyway. Um, so we are entering. Uh, we're by the way, we're waiting on Tyler Fisher. He's coming. Um, but uh, we have a few minutes before he gets. He's a he, relatively new comedy seller. Yeah, comic, just a few weeks. Um, so let's talk about New Year's resolutions. Well, I don't do those, but we can talk about, it as a general matter, what we'd like to see different in our. What do you mean you don't do them? I don't do New Year's resolutions. If I want to make a change, I make a change. I look make at the man in the mirror, change, man, you know, <laughs> and big, you know. Uh, but I wonder. Uh, I, I know. I know Michael Jackson over the years made a few resolutions he didn't live up to. But <laughs> I don't know if he even bothered to make those resolutions. He might have been quite happy with the way things were. Uh, I'm sure he made. He tried. Anyway, what? Uh, <laughs> Uh, what, what would you what would you resolve should you be so inclined? Um, I, well, I you know it's always for me you know um, a career issue, um, but there's nothing I can do about it. Is a problem. I mean, if you I could go back in time and not- I have been writing more. I'm more prolific, and so that's something that I think since coming out of the pandemic, I've been writing more. Now I don't know if you've noticed. You really don't watch the shows, and I don't know if if people have been talking because no, they haven't. But uh, but I have been writing more. I, ha- I have heard that you have a lot, a good rate of new material. I've heard that. So, all right. Um, so, so that's something I've been to. But like I said, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I, if I want to make a change, I make a change, and make don't that. necessarily wait for but the here's, new here's, year. Here's the question, Dan. Knowing what you know now about where you are in your career, would you tell young Natterman to go into comedy, or would you, uh, would you stick to the law or become an entrepreneur? Uh, you know, that's an or interesting a different aspect question. of show business, right? You know, I mean, I was talking with somebody just today, and they said, "Well, you know, you're complaining, but would you?" I was talking about you know people I know that I went to Wharton with, and and they're making millions of billions of dollars, and they say, "Yeah, but would you want their lives?" And the answer really is no. I mean, I would like my life with more money. Uh, if you if you said to me, "You can have your life." 
and their or their lives, it, I would probably still stick with mine. But maybe you could have pursued. Uh, but maybe I would have been getting more, a writing more job vigorous a with about getting a writing job. Maybe I would have been, you know, more more, more vigorous about that. Um, yeah, that that's certainly uh, something um, that I might tell young Natterman. You know, um, he wouldn't listen. Well, he he may or may not listen. <laughs> but as far as telling him to just not be in show, no, I wouldn't. Because, I knew young. I knew young Natterman. Yeah, yeah. But 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 I, yes, I would still. If you said you could be a, you'd be a corporate lawyer and you'd be making uh, two million dollars a year at Scadden, no, I I wouldn't. That does not sound like a life I I would want. No, I agree with you on that. You've had a good one. What about you, Periel? What would you do differently? What would you tell young Periel, naked on the cover of a book, <laughs> to do differently? I would have started to pursue comedy much earlier in my career. I think that when I was you know, when I moved to L.A. and I started writing and I was trying to get... <laughs> What's that? Uh, we're going to go flashback scene now. Oh, when yeah. I moved to L.A. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I didn't... Um, But, you know, everything in hindsight is like that, I suppose. I think I got a really late start in something I knew was the only thing I ever really had any great interest in. I thought you were going to say you would have gotten married younger and had children earlier so you could you have more of them. You didn't think I would say that. Wait, so I uh, I didn't know your interest in stand-up comedy was that deep. I thought it was one of your interests. Writing is obviously an interest. Well, I don't I don't see those entirely <laughs> as mutually exclusive, though. I mean, I but you started that early. Yes, you know. I so. mean, straight out of grad school. But I didn't know that stand-up comedy was something you felt that passionately about. Yeah, I think it was really the only. I think comedy, sort of in general, stand-up writing, comedy, TV, all of that was really the only thing I ever wanted to do. And I moved to LA right out of grad school and started trying to write comedy for TV and. I wound up selling my book, writing a book and selling it. And then we sold the pilot to that and we shot it, um, which was a pretty big deal. I was in my late 20s at the time. The pilot was terrible. <laughs> so in any case, you're saying you would have done stand You promised to send it to me. You never sent it to me. I never promised to send it to you. Um, well, you know what your resolution should be in 2023? You're talking to no. Yes, I'm just, talking to Just for to those Noam. who are not watching us. <laughs> yes, Periel, what should it be? What do you think it should be as it, as it relates to our relationship? Nothing that I can not, see. Not not to, to, to be mind, less <laughs> hard on Periel? No, I don't. Uh, yeah, that's fine. What? To give Periel her due to listen to Periel more? Read Periel's book. Oh. oh, okay. Is that it? Yeah, and also to, re well, we've already discussed that to reply to podcast-related emails in a much more timely fashion. But really to read Periel's book so that you can speak in a more informed do you have a, do you have fashion. A PDF, do you have a PDF version of it? Well, it's probably available on Kindle. No, there's no Kindle version. No. Is there a Kindle version? Maybe of the second one, not of the first one. But you want me to read the first one? Uh, well, we can start there. It's a good start. Start with the first one. Yeah. Right. So, is there a if there's no Kindle version? Do you have? I can convert a PDF to a ebook format. I don't. You know what a PDF is, Pearl? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> just asking you. Um, I don't know why is you can't read a book. I just it's just easier for me to read. You know, I, I read everything electronically, electronically too. But um, also that yeah, way if, if you if you used a big word that I don't know, I can uh, get the right. definition immediately. Um. Uh, 
Okay. And I don't know why you're saying that it's always career oriented, but there's nothing you can do about it. It makes me well, crazy uh, when you it's say not that. There's nothing I can do, but a lot of it is up to the fates and the stars. No. That's it, not it, your it, phone in case Tyler's I didn't say it's all up to the fates and the stars. A lot of it is up to the fates and the stars. Okay. But you do what you can do. And then at, at, at some point, there has to be things yes. that fall into place. Now, I don't want to get bogged down in that because I just want to bring up one more topic before okay. Tyler uh, Fisher shows. Yeah. Uh, that is, I, I, I'm newly on TikTok, you know. That's one, one event that happened to me in 2022 that distinguishes 2022 from some of the years prior is I became a TikTok uh, user. TikToker, if you will. <laughs> Tyler actually has a funny joke about TikTok, which I won't do, but maybe he will. Um, but, but would po- Mitch Hedberg's been popping up on my TikTok feed. Uh, I guess when you watch comedy, so they throw other comics at you. But anyway, and I, and Nick, Mitch Hedberg's perhaps one of the only comics on TikTok that I will watch the whole video. So they feed me more Mitch Hedberg. And what a devastating loss mm-hmm. oh, he was so because, you know, I just, he's been gone for how long? 15 years? Mm-hmm. Maybe longer. Um, he just was a delight. And um, yeah, that's that's I all. Just, I, I highlighted my hair last night. You know, some of them but, really deserve recognition. <laughs> but, but, but it's not even. It's it's an example, and this is an analogy I've made before about lyrics and music. Some comedians, it's all about the music, meaning the delivery. Some it's all about the lyrics, meaning the jokes. I mean, I guess with Hedberg, it's both. But you, but the but the music is all important with Hedberg. Anybody can say a Hedberg joke. It won't be a Hedberg joke unless Mitch is saying it with the glasses and the long hair mm. and that accent, which I don't know what kind of accent it is. It's not a Minnesota accent, which is, I think, where he's from. So it I, is some sort of an accent that I think he made up. Well, it's, it's a it's a wonderful... And, and the joke's, you know... Comes uh, it down, Tyler. It's a, it's a coincidence because um, I was going... Um, redoing the Comedy Seller website. So I Hello, began Tyler. To look, hey, Tyler. I began to look through some um, archive material. We have all this old archive material because I want to take some images to put them on the website, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and I noticed that we had some Mitch Hedberg video digitized, so I downloaded it to watch it. And the same thing as that. I said, oh, my God, this guy was so fantastic. I know. So fantastic. You know when you go to a restaurant on the weekends, it gets busy, so they start a waiting list, they start calling out names. They say, like... Dufresne, party of two. Table ready for Dufresne, party of two. And if no one answers, they'll say the name again. Dufresne, party of two. But then if no one answers, they'll just go right on to the next name. Bush, party of three. Yeah, but what happened to the Dufresnes? No one seems to care. Who can eat at a time like this? People are missing. You people are selfish. The Dufresnes are in someone's trunk right now with duct tape over their mouth. And they're hungry. That's a double whammy. We need help. Bush, search party of three. You can eat once you find the Dufresnes. Yeah, he was a delight. What, what about delight. my New Year's resolutions? We're get, well, well, let's you, introduce you, Tyler. That, that's, for you to, take... that's for you to discuss. Do you have any? Before we get to Mr. Uh, Fisher. I'll, I'll well, think about why it. Why don't you int- introduce him, and then we can maybe Tyler has some, too. 
All right. Well, I didn't want to uh, take your give, job. This is a very long intro that you gave me, but I will try to tighten it up. She's Tyler a producer. Is, do what you're told. Tyler's an actor, stand-up comedian, and filmmaker. Wow, that's a big resume. He's, a, he's like me, is an AGT alumni, and he was a guest star on NBC's Chicago Med, TV Land's Younger, and Startup on Netflix. Named the best new impressionist by the New York Times. I'm assuming, by the way, that that's our dear friend. What's his Jason name? Jason Zinneman. Zinneman. That's Jason. Jason Zinneman. He's on our back pocket, let's face it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but in any case, uh, and he has uh, performed on uh, last week tonight with John Oliver and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Recently starred in the Western film Terror on the Prairie. Nothing to do with Little House on the Prairie, I assume. That's a Daily Wire production? That's right. So is it yeah. conservative? The Daily Wire is like this conservative... Conservative? The owners are, yeah, but the film, the films they're doing are non-political. Oh, it's a sure. Western film. Oh, come on. No, it's a West- oh, come on. Western film. You don't fucking believe that. I mean, I had <laughs> to do the Trump impression the whole time, so... For a Western? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Uh, um, By the way, we were just talking about TikTok, and I mentioned your TikTok joke. I didn't tell the joke because I didn't feel it was my place. Oh, yeah. But if you want to either do it or I can do it, or neither of us can do it. Uh, I can just head out. I can go do it down there and come back. And No, I'm just saying I brought it up. Oh, sure, sure. Because so, oh, you said you walked in during the TikTok. I walked in during your TikTok. Sure, thing. sure. Yeah, the TikTok joke is... Uh, Epic. TikTok would have been a great name for a dating app for women in their late 30s. <laughs> That's very good. <coughs> All right, so New Year's. Um, do you have any New Year's resolutions, Noam? Noam doesn't strike me as the type that to have New Year's resolutions. He strikes me as like me. If he if he feels a change needs to be made, he'll make it. Is that your at phone? that time? Is what? How about to this shut up my, your my phone, phone during the podcast as a New Year's? Oh, resolution. it was ringing. I didn't hear it. Um, so what are my resolutions? Well, I I do have one actually. <sighs> okay, we're waiting. Um, I listened to a podcast. Uh, so we got some good we got some good feedback about the, our last podcast with Eric Levitz. Is that his name? Lev, Le, Levitz? Levitz? What was yeah. Levitz. Yeah, we love it at Levitz. Um, you didn't share it with us. Well, I, I got a I got a text message here from um, I don't want to say his name, but he's a he's a he's a he's an he's an actual uh, personality. He'll know. He said he's a. Um, he said, uh, your grilling of Eric Levitz was so good it had the weird effect of my wanting to stop listening. The witness was thoroughly discredited. So I, went, I said, really? Because I, I thought I was off my game on that show. So I went back and listened to it. And what I noticed is the following. I'm so nervous about boring Dan <laughs> and the listeners, but mostly Dan. That boring I'm, Dan or do you call him boring Dan? Both, both. <laughs> okay. I'm boring uh, that I rush through everything. I, like even when I wanted to read quotes of articles to him, I don't even. I can't even believe anybody listening knows what I'm talking about because I'm I'm rushing through everything simply because I know Dan doesn't want this damn guest to begin with. So so this is my and it, and I wasn't used didn't used to be like that. So my my I resolve that I'm going to take my time and you guys have to remind me when I'm not taking my time. I'm going to take my time and speak properly and have a normal conversation with people and I'm going to read the uh, research that I do and if I can't find it. it Immediately, as I hear other people do another podcast, they take a beat to get their papers in order, whatever it is, without Rush. their co-host taking out his phone and checking his email and huffing and puffing. Whatever well, the band it, I does. mean, okay, that's fine, but it sounds so, to me like your resolution is in direct conflict with my vision for 2023, <laughs> which is no, artificial. which is to is to make the podcast more. Um, <laughs> 
accessible to the kind of people that that I connect with. Yes, so, but, but when you when, when we do a podcast, which is to your liking, I don't check out. I don't like well, check out. Right. Because because that's the and that's the genius of Dan Natterman. He, <laughs> he can make even stuff that's not your primary interest interesting to you. And like so, for, so for example, oh, is that it's your genius or uh, it's not my? It's not my. I think manners that the last and, podcast, and professionalism. the last podcast, when I opened the discussion up more generally about Twitter and what would you do if you were CEO of Twitter, I think I struck a brilliant compromise between discussing freedom of speech and a conversation that literally anybody could enjoy. I may be wrong, and I don't know what this individual that sent you the email was might not have been referring to that part of the podcast, but I felt that we remember the part where I said, "What would you do if you were CEO of Twitter?" And you said, "Well, I would have this would be my no, I rule." I remember, I remember. I thought that that was, that was when things then. really got brilliant is a strong and word, then, but that, I thought that then I opened the conversation to we're talking about freedom of speech and we're talking about Twitter, but we're doing it in a way that everybody can relate to. So, so that's what I, I that was I thought. But I, but we right. do have Tyler Fisher here. Yeah. And so I don't want to get talk about last week's podcast. Well, we've got Tyler Fisher right here. Now, Tyler Fisher, I don't know you. I've never met you, but I'm looking at you. I'm thinking Southern boy or Midwest. Yeah, it's it, I have a I have the look that can go either way. I could be, you know, a hip barista, or I could be, you know, leader of QAnon. Well, you'll, it depends you'll on look, what people you look like. See. Someone look like out the, of the cast of There Will Be Blood. Yeah, like or like Daniel Day, or like the brother. cover of a Kansas album. Sure, <laughs> you know, with like John Brown. I think it's John Brown. I don't know the name. That famous it. picture of John Brown. Yeah, I could just. It, it's just I just have to switch. You the, can go in many voice. different ways. So, yeah. what, what what milieu do you come from? What I'm sorry. What milieu? What are your origins? No, you're not supposed to ask people those kind of things anymore. But. No, like where? What part of the country? What, <laughs> no, what's you his, said this wouldn't happen. What part of the country? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Connecticut. Oh, but really, so, I so, but Southern Connecticut. You know, well, that's where so, I'm from. By the border, you know. The border it of was, what? New York. It was tough down there by the border. <laughs> I'm from Stamford. Where are you from? I had to sneak Xanax in my boat shoes across state lines. I'm from uh, New Haven. That's right. We had this discussion. We did. Yeah, we already talked about this. But he looks like somebody that could be like, yeah, like, like you said, you know. Uh, well, that's how I got in this Western film. Yeah, they just saw me on Instagram and uh, and uh, got an audition. And is this a real? Big but they also question? like your politics because you're because you are. I, I don't know. If, like conservatives don't want to be called conservative anymore because, you know, it's because liberals have done such a good job of stigmatizing it. But you are, but you are heterodox. Like you're not, you know. I don't know. I'm you're not, more team Musk. I'm than actually you are. not really political at all. I, I, I. Uh, what are you talking about? You're out there doing no, videos about about you know making fun of tr- uh, um, that trans woman who um, that has Joe nothing Biden. to do with politics. That I'm oh, in your mind, it does. No, no. <laughs> well, well, no, but it, but but in reality, it doesn't. People people like to say everything's political. But there's no. I do impressions of everybody, so I just saw somebody. I was like, oh, "That'd be a fun impression to do." No, no, you're not. You're bullshitting now. You, no, no. I'm you not. are you telling me that that bit that you did doesn't reflect your actual well? What's the leanings bit? about that no, issue? No, because I mean, like I said, we talked about this, but I was raised. I was raised by two men. I have a gay dad, and so I was raised in that sort of. I'm not saying you're anti-trans. Sure, but well, all right, because then what? What's political about it? You think that? Well, can you just let me in on what the impression is? You tell, tell him, tell him. Oh, sure. <laughs> which is how we met, which is really funny because I've been doing stand up in New York for 15 years. But I'm totally wrong so, about this some, guy. Like, somebody... I thought he'd be like a... <laughs> He's from two gay guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, the, I was raised very. Uh, Who carried le- the baby? Liberal, left leaning. All right, so my dad came out when I was seven. 
came out as racist, and then he, <laughs> and then he came out two years later as gay, as a cover, I think, for it. So, so he got the he left my mom, and so he got married to a man. So I was raised by my dad and another guy, and then sometimes by my mom and her new husband. You know, very very left leaning family. Um, but you you're more of a centrist now, you would say. No, he's saying he's not really political. I'm not political. Okay, I, don't, so wait, anyway, I, I mean, I really know nothing about politics. So what's at this all? thing that Noam's talking about? You do an impression of. Oh, a, I did an impression of. Uh, there's a Dylan Mulvaney. It's a. Uh, he was a gay gay guy who then said he identified as a woman, and he does uh, days of girlhood. So he does videos like this is my first day as a girl, and so I ate all this ice cream, and I yelled at a guy, and I spent all this money on dresses. Some people love it, and some and some women think that it's like an erasure of, uh, you know, erasing actual femininity. And so I just did an impression of it. Well, he does. He has this video where he has this bulge. He's wearing. She's very wearing very tight pants, and you. Can well, see. he Tyler is a he, so you can say he. Well, no, well, the, Dylan, the, the actual, Dylan. Oh, there's yeah. a real video. The real video. She's, yeah. Oh, she, she has, huge! But like, just she, met the president. Yeah, oh. she she's wearing really tight pants, and you can see her peepee. And she does this whole like monologue about it, like well, she, and and she says at the end, she goes, and I just decided we have to normalize the bulge. Women having bulges. <laughs> mm-hmm. is so Dylan he was making fun of that. Actually, trans. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as I. But that this is like a whole movement in the trans world. You to normalize the bulge. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It, it is is now. There's a lot of uh, trans women that still keep the penis. So, but I thought that you know with trans, uh, they wanted to be as much as close to. Not a, a woman as possible. Why are so many of them keeping the bulge? Because surgery is a major big thing. spectrum, man. It's a yeah, huge that's... spectrum of of reasons why people, you know, identify or feel they they think they are. Some people, we hung out with someone who was detransitioned the night you and I met. Yeah, and so this was a man who had his penis removed at fifteen or something, sixteen, and realized he was just in a, a mental crisis. He was just gay, and now he's detransitioning. And, and and it's just like it's it's heartbreaking talking. To That's them. an interesting topic. If you'll allow me, I saw Jordan Peterson on TikTok. Well, he's you know really something. And you know, Dan, I noticed you clean your damn room, got your <laughs> damn life in order. I don't know where Jordan. Write Peterson's some damn jokes. <laughs> I've been writing a lot, Jordan. Um, yeah, I don't know where Jordan's from, but his accent is Ottawa, Canada, Canada. Oh. Yeah, but I know a lot of Canadian. My family's Canadian. None of these people talk like that. Yeah. I don't know any Canadians that talk as as Canadian. Well, his dad's from Ottawa. His mom is a frog. And, well, that's what you get. You get a little Kermit and a little bit of a boot. So go ahead, Dan. Jordan. So he was t- Jordan was talking about um, children that are minors getting surgery, gender aff- affirmation surgery. Sure. And in the strongest possible terms, condemning it as perhaps the greatest evil being committed in society today. Um do you think there's ever a situation where a a minor getting gender affirmation surgery is the appropriate course of action? Asking me? I'm asking the, no. the table. No. I would say it's too big because I've met so many people that regret it. And it's and it's again, you have to talk to someone who says, I was 14, I was confused. People just were feeding me this stuff and encouraging me and saying, You have this feeling, go with it. 
and then they cut their genitals off, and and now they can't have yeah, kids, it, they can't reproduce, right. they can't. Those people regret it, but Dan's asking about should you ever can you imagine about, a scenario? Where people, can you imagine a scenario? There are people who don't regret it, but but would not, you would you have begrudged? Sure, sure. But not regretting it is not sufficient. It no. has to be a situation where not giving gender affirmation to the minor would have devastating consequences. Well, I think that's the case for certain people. So my opinion on it is this. Of course, I don't know. What the hell do I know about this? Well, let's say you have a kid. You but, do have kids, right? I didn't get my opinion out. Hold on. Okay. No. <laughs> but what I do know is that anytime something becomes so politicized and so and that the the the, the correct quote opinion is so pressured um it's very dangerous to trust it and there's no question now we know this there's plenty of evidence of it that any doctor who feels uh not quite in in step with the the current you know conventional wisdom on this issue risks his career for him to come out and say it so i would be very 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 cautious if i were a parent taking any advice on this and that's what's scary about it and by the way this this dovetails with this guy you know jason Furman. we had this economist jason Furman on we got covered in the wall street journal for this i didn't even realize we did because he admitted that actually many academic uh, I think he said most. He's doing a most academic. Well, because I know yeah. that's obsessive compulsive. Has nothing to do with you. That's my most, obsessive compulsive disorder to check my text. Most academic economists felt that the uh, 1.8 trillion dollar government bailout or government whatever it was uh, was too much money and would cause inflation. But they were afraid to say so, so they kept quiet. And I think that that problem is even, you know, tripled or quadrupled when it comes to doctors having the nerve to speak out about what they might or might not feel about trans stuff. And I will say I have a very, I, I, I've had some access to psychologists who deal with this stuff. And the stuff they've told me is like, whoa, like, you know, but, but they won't say these things out loud. So, so my answer is I want children to have whatever it is that's best for them. But I don't have any confidence in politicized science, at the end, we're living in a time now of politicized science. So that's my answer. Good. Well, how? But the problem is, how can you distinguish when they say this is what I want? But they say that on a large spectrum of things. Children. Uh, children. Yeah. Parents say, no, you can't do that. No, you can't eat candy all day and night. I mean, I, I did. I got away with murder. I, I I was a good example of someone that did whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted, and I it it's a miracle that I'm even alive. Because I had no, it was okay, you know. My parents got divorced. They both wanted to be the the hero, and so got into drugs, theft, sold drugs, grew marijuana, sold it. Starting at age ten, I mean, some so, some of the things I read, like on Twitter, for that, instance, that I didn't know that these children who have these surgeries can never have an orgasm. Now, they know how that's I a feel. hell of a thing, right? Like, I, and I don't think that's a hell of a thing is something Jordan Peterson would say. Yeah. No, that's a hell of a thing. <laughs> well, and well, that's uh, a, not as good an impression as yours, but you get the idea. Do you think all the parents who oh, authorized the stuff of even, thing, even, un, even understood that? So, like, like maybe it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't shock me to find out that one of the reasons trans women choose not to have the surgery is that. This is a compromise. Yeah, they they'd prefer to not have a dick, but you know they're not going to have a real vagina. It's going to be some reconstructed 
essentially cosmetic vagina, but at least they can still get off. Well, I you know, I so maybe, maybe they prefer that. Well, I don't know that it's true that everyone. I mean, I'm talking about adults who have cert bottom surgery for a vagina can't get off. I think that that's what, that's what I've read. But it, it's I hard to it, imagine puberty block. No, but kids with the puberty so, block. So can you separate yeah. the? It's hard to imagine that that, that that the vagina, even if they could get off, it's just hard to imagine would be as good as. Uh, the orgasm that you would get from a uh, no. And have you seen how they construct the penises for the for the female, the male? Yes, they take seen it. He skin wore, he from, wore, from, from, <laughs> I could just show you. <laughs> well, I I wanted leg extension surgery, and I thought it was called bottom surgery, right. and so um, I had some stuff removed by accident. They, they use something from the arm. They, they, yeah, they take skin from the arm. They construct this penis, and uh, but that but that surgery we we know is not as sophisticated as um, male to female Re reconstructing a penis is m more difficult medically and scientifically than the other. Mm -hmm. But can you separate the politics of it? I mean, but what? Yeah, back to the politics. What's political about about talking about it? That's because I don't. It's I become don't it's, it's it's like uh, COVID became political. <gasps> like but it's not. But it's it's it it has the facade of being political, but. I refuse to say that it actually is because people say all the time, you're so political because you do this and that. But as a comedian, I feel like Look, if I'm afraid to make fun of one thing, that's a slippery slope. So sometimes I just go, I'm going to make fun of this because I'm afraid to. And I, I, I listen, I, I tend to agree with you that many things shouldn't be political. I mean, you can say the same even about, you know, economic policy. Does, does it? Like global warming, right? But um, but they are political, so right. you know you can't fight city hall. It, ju it just is. You've been saying that a lot recently. You've been saying that a fair amount. It's a good, it's a it's a it's a good, good expression to capture the yeah. the things change, and at some point you have to, you know, it's not enough to be right. Say, well, it is political. Right, right. It I is. think the tricky part, though, sometimes is is the labels because, you know, to a lot of people, especially in a liberal city. If they go, oh, you're, you you talk about this thing, so that means you're Republican or conservative and you're extreme and you're far right. And then the the group of things that you're lumped into now is getting right. bigger and bigger. Right. If, if you if you come out in and say you believe in global warming, then auto, then people will automatically say you're a liberal and you therefore have all these other views that you might not have. Those yeah. people. Well, that idiots, really shouldn't so. be political, but it is. Uh, That's a scientific question, isn't it? Trying to do my job. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> well, that's a hell of a question. The, the reason the reason the trans thing comical. becomes political, uh, uh, it is also a scientific question in a sense, but it's also bound up with that is um, society's treatment. What rights should they have? Should female swimmers be able to compete uh, if they're trans? You know, you know all, all these. Um, yeah, it's going to be uh, messy for a while. So these and those all are political issues. You know. Uh, as it was with gay issues, uh, should uh, should there be gay marriage? Should a gay counselor be able to uh, be uh, counseling young boys? You know, I think you don't have to play the game. You don't have to. You don't have to proceed any statement with if it is or isn't. You can just. I think we need to get back to just giving our opinions on stuff and not bubble wrapping it and like, hey, this isn't really a right side thing, but what is this? Uh, you, do you know what I mean? Like it's Carol's thinking about that now. She's well, like wondering about. It. Everybody's kind of tiptoes around stuff instead of just saying, "This is what I think." Tensions are so high in this country. This is it. It's crazy. It's too much happened at once. You know, we had the BLM movement. We had the pandemic. I was like, 
geez, I gotta get a vaccine and get a black friend? This was too, it was too much. It's too much at once. It's rough, man. Found out all sorts, of, found out I, I was racist. I didn't know, someone told me. People could just tell you what you are now. You're lactose intolerant. Yeah, shut up, yeah, you are. It's the new normal. It's the new normal. No, it's the old crazy. We're going back to old and crazy. There's nothing new and normal about it. Okay. I miss the old days, you know, when you just treated people by how they were, you know? Someone was a dick, you're a dick to them. Someone's nice, you're nice. Now they're like, oh, I don't think so. You have to look at their skin color, their gender. There's a whole checklist of things you have to do before you even say hello to somebody. It makes you crazy. It makes you so self-conscious. I'm talking to minorities like they're mentally retarded. I'm like, hi, I see you. I hear you. I'm sorry, I don't know why, I'm sorry. Some money I don't have, I think I have some drink tickets, I'm sorry. I had to do one of those uh, diversity training meetings. Anybody have to do those at work? Yeah, fun, huh? This is what's so weird about it all. It's white people telling other white people how to talk to black people. That's fucking off. That's a little off, isn't it? Wouldn't you want a representative there? Be like, no, 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 that's actually... I'm gonna fact check that. But I had a 21-year-old white woman tell us how to talk to the minorities, and it really started to screw with me. Right after the meeting, I go up to a black employee. I was like, hey, uh, Ray, I just wanna let you know, man. Um, I see you, I hear you, let's go. Brian, he beat the shit out of me, right? I don't know what, I don't see how it's, how this is helping. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What, 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 what are you thinking, Periol? She's having I, trouble. I, she, has a, she, has a, she has a young son. No, I think no, that. She knows how to take her time. No, I think that, frankly, I would feel much more comfortable leaving my son alone with a gay man than a straight guy. That's fine, but then the question then becomes, why shouldn't a straight guy be able to go out, hang out with uh, because, uh, little girls? Because most of the numbers seem to indicate that um, it's straight, cis hetero men that are committing those kinds of crimes. No, there's yeah, yeah. That's because men. there's just way more straight men. No, no, that's men. that's not true. Men, men are men. You're uh, saying gay men and and straight men commit those kinds of crimes at roughly equal percentages? No, they absolutely categorically do not. I'm saying, I, I'm saying this without any scientific evidence. I've already staked my reputation on the fact <laughs> yeah. that men don't become any less creepy. Depending on their sexual orientation. Oh, for sure, they straight men are way more creepy. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, I was raised come, around come gay on, men. Yeah, I've had so men, gay men, try to hook up with me in front of my father. I mean, it's like gay men are the worst type of men for one reason: women keep men in check. Straight women keep straight men in check, and so there's no what checks does that and balances. Even mean? What with does that gay mean men. in check? Straight men would do anything. If women didn't go, hey, too far. Oh, but you're talking too about far. You're talking gay about men different. don't have that. So at a gay bar, I know this from personal experience, and because I've been talking about it, at a gay bar, if one man grabs another man's ass, culturally, that's considered a different than if you do it to a woman. Because what he's saying, because women are like, don't touch me. Because women but, are but, no fun. Is that what women are no fun? <laughs> that that that. But but that. 
Listen, let me be very clear. I am not saying that a gay <laughs> Some man. Some of them are. I'm not saying that a gay man is one ounce more likely to do anything okay. to children than a straight man. God forbid anybody takes it that way. All I'm saying, well, the only outrageous position I have is that gay men are exactly the same as straight men. And you do not leave a straight man around a bunch of young girls with un- unattended. And the, the logic would be say, well, let's discuss what about the mirror image? We, we've, we've come this far to finally admit that gay is no different than straight. And now we're making it, we say, well, actually, it is different than straight. It's actually better. You, you can talk about anything, as we've often said. It's just, yeah. are you prepared to face yeah. the backlash? That's it. And yeah. Tyler Fisher is ready. I've, an ba- I've faced it all. I, I have no no filter anymore. I, I, I've I've been called everything uh, based on every type of joke I've made. Oh, about and by the way, I was almost molested. I've told this story. On... Just last weekend? No, when, when oh, I was, okay. when I was uh, being tutored for my bar mitzvah. God, shh, don't, uh, not in front of the Gentiles. Uh when I, when I was to remember Miss for the the because uh, I was I was missed Hebrew school and stuff the the synagogue sent over the junior rabbi to tutor me and my father and my stepmother at the time went out to the movies while I was alone with the rabbi and the rabbi sat me down Dan's already Dan's queasy about this well, I'm just, uh, no, fine. <laughs> and he's like well do you know what it means to be Jewish I'm like I don't forget what I answered he says he says well no you know Jews are also were circumcised. I'm like, oh yeah, there's that. He goes, do you do you know what that means? And I'm like, I can't believe I forgot the story. And I said, and I had never seen an uncircumcised penis. I didn't know it really what it meant. I just, and I said, well, I don't really know. He says, where's your room? I said upstairs. He takes me out to my room. He said, he says, sit down in the bed. He says, now he says, lie back. And he started to unbuckle my belt, and not because I had any idea that I was going to be molested. This was not on our radar in the 70s. Kids were not warned about stuff. I was just shy. And I said, no, no, I don't, I don't want to, you know, it's, I, 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 I don't need to know or something like that. And he stopped. He didn't like, he didn't, he didn't force me. But <laughs> that is the most Have you ever told anyone that? Up. What? Have you ever told anyone that? Yeah, yeah, I told my father as oh. soon as he got home, yeah. Oh. And, and what did your father made, do? He made a joke. Did <laughs> your father call the synagogue and say, you got to get rid of this guy? He, ca- he called the synagogue. Yeah, and but, what did but I'm the sure synagogue... they didn't fire him. I'm sure that they... is the most Fucked up I story. story. No. Yeah. I love how everything else you're like, I know I shouldn't talk about this. That one you're like, Well, that's my, it's my no, own. Where I, is I, this I, guy? That's my, that's my own truth. It's true. But did he get at least fired? Or at least demo- I, I demoted? Would, I would almost be got a promotion. Sure he was Are you kidding me? He's now senior rabbi. I'm sure he was not fired. I'm sure that he was is- not fired. Fucking outrageous. I heard that story. Oh, I heard that story. I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I know, no band leader. Yeah, that's so Oh, you must have some residual trauma from that. You think? Happy. No, it wasn't, wasn't traumatic at all. I didn't no, he's, fi- he's I fine. Didn't. He's fine. I didn't There's even nothing. realize it was a traumatic experience. Well, you look at his belt's t- duct tape. <laughs> nothing, 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 <laughs> nothing. got a lock and key on it. It was not now. a traumatic experience. I didn't understand it. I the didn't. fact that you think that it wasn't a traumatic experience just shows how, how fucked old were you? up you oh, are. Oh, that's clever. How old were you? Thanks. Uh, 12. 12. I almost asked how old you were when you started <laughs> telling that story. My priest, when I was uh, eight, Blew his brains out <gasps> at the altar in my church. Wow. Yeah, the, the, all the all the stories you, about you, priests. Wait, Why? There? Because and you I, gave him such a bad blowjob. That's my joke. <laughs> no, that's my joke. <laughs> uh, Perio, all the stories about priests belie what you just said about. No, 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 no. There, my the reason why I'm sitting here all crinkled up and thinking <laughs> is because I it, it there's 
it makes me really uncomfortable when pe- and this is a thing too when people start you know sort of and I'm not saying that you were doing this to be very very clear start talking about like pedophilia and being gay and it's like a very dangerous I didn't say pedophilia No no you didn't say it but well, why are you saying my head makes you uncomfortable? Because when I didn't that's say what that. the conservatives always because do. Well, this is my she's point. Cons- she well, pulled me. I'm she's the house cons- conservative. It's, it's like because she's concerned, you're playing into a stereotype. Thank you. It's Dan. like if you start talking about this is my point yeah. about trans surgery. People, they're, 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 it becomes pol- politicized, and people and doctors even feel tremendous pressure to say the correct thing. Well, you don't know. We don't know the statistics of of how many, let's say, priests or rabbis actually did abuse children. We wouldn't know how many were straight or pedophiles or closeted gay pedophiles because they're, all of that stuff is repressed probably right. deeper than anybody else. So it'd be hard to get that that data. Um, but, but that data would be very telling. I mean, I think in general, Wait a the second. lessons of of history that we shouldn't leave children alone with a single adult. There should, there should be two. I was a babysitter for. Yeah, you shouldn't have been. Years. You shouldn't have been. <laughs> well, well, well. Here's the thing: it did start to switch, and male babysitters became in high demand in Brooklyn. I think maybe as things were getting more dangerous, uh, because you know you're out in the streets. So, even though I'm the size of a child, you see me from the back. Why? But the number of adults who are actually pedophiles, like why, is probably so minuscule. I'm talking really. about pedophiles. But in order to want to have sex with a child, I'm like, talking about a 13, 14, 15 year old, well, there, 16 year old kids. Well, there's a huge difference between 13 and 16 for starters, right? Uh, not in, maybe in boys, not so much in girls. Some thirteen-year-old girls are could look twenty-one. The fa- that rabbi probably molested so many kids. Maybe he molested my priest, and then my <laughs> priest killed himself. That's such a good joke, by the way. <laughs> I I don't know the one that you finished. Yeah, the blowjob one. Well, yeah, because that, that, that Jamie Foxx became a fan of mine from that joke. It's so. Funny. I don't know how he found it, but he left me a voice message. Oh, Wait, oh, so yeah? can you tell the whole thing? I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't know it was a joke. Well, I would... No, you. It's no one's ever finished finished it. It basically, I tell the story on stage, but I, you know, I say my priest blew his brains out, and it's something that's haunted me, you know, my whole life. And sometimes I'm like, damn, were my blowjobs that bad? <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's By the way, I'm would... feeling very, I'm feeling very guilty. Like you know, Jamie Kerchick is a, a good friend of this show, and he's a good friend of mine. And you know, it would break my heart if he thought I said anything wrong. I'm, I'm not, you know, God forbid, advocating. Who's that? Here. He's a friend, um, of, friend of uh, a member of the LGBT community. The friend I know. He, he wrote, he wrote a book about gay, uh, gay, gay Washington. Washington, and you know, but what, um, what would he find a uh, uh, conflict? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to email him. Um, I think you made reposition. It's just, clear. it's just a hypothetical. It's just, I, I, I was just coming up with a hypothetical how you know how politics would inter, inter, intercede in a psychological progression of thought. Right. But this all started off with me posing the question whether there's a you can envision. Well, can you even envision hypothetically a situation, a realistic situation where you would think, okay, uh, surgery for a 16 year old, uh, uh, gender affirmation surgery. For a sixteen-year-old, would be the appropriate course of action. Do you think that I don't, I don't know enough about it? But if, if if I were in that situation, if one of my children uh, were trans or expressed uh, that they were trans, I would have to take a deep, deep dive into all the research and and want to speak to either you know 
than myself, the researchers myself, and perhaps I would come to the conclusion they should have the surgery. I don't know. They're doing the opposite now. They're they're affirming it. And in Canada, this is what Jordan was fight fighting. That's why he got famous. He was fighting against. Uh, now you sound a little bit too much like a supporter when you start using the first name. Oh, I love Jordan Peterson. Hmm. I love him. Okay, he was yeah. here. You know, he was at the cell. He, he came he to was the show. Yeah. Was he here to see you? No, no. I did meet him though uh, when I did the movie with the. Daily I'm not Wire, a fan, but, but go ahead, go ahead. Well, well, I. I I'll tell you why I'm a fan just briefly because my I, my life was in shambles. I was like I had no purpose. I wasn't raised properly. I had no idea how to be a man or to have a girlfriend or any of that. I found some of his college lectures, and uh, I was able to wean out stuff I didn't like. But he he said something I've never really heard anyone say, which is like, take responsibility for your life, and that'll give you meaning. And that's when I started treating comedy like a job, and it's a direct line to even being here. So I, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you're saying. Anyhow. Oh, oh. You met Jordan I, Peterson. I, that is. Yeah, yeah. I met Jordan. What were we talking about? Trans, Not Jordan Jensen. Trans stuff. Uh, uh um. Basically, I, I would say like we're affirming in Canada. I think there's a law now, or it's becoming a law that you have to start by affirming. If I go, if I'm 15 and I say I'm trans, they have to start there and agree with it, rather than what we've been doing. Well, but agreeing whole- agreeing with it doesn't mean giving you surgery either. Well, that's where it leads pretty quickly. Rather than starting with, oh, wait, your parents just got divorced, or maybe you were molested, or maybe, you know, X, Y, and Z, working backwards okay. from, no, this is not true, working backwards to, okay, this is what Well, I don't know enough about the science to know what the pres- presumption should be. But why would we— But where I disagree, where I disagree with Jordan, if I could just finish the thought, where I disagree with Jordan Peterson is, he, he, he said basically on its face— Giving surgery to a minor was evil. It's wrong in the strongest possible terms. And I don't think you can come to that conclusion without investigating things further. It may well be that you should never do it. But I, and the question I posed to Noam is, I I can imagine a scenario where uh, extreme, extreme distress would be the result of not giving surgery to a child. And then I think you should at least there's at least a discussion to be had, and maybe the conclusion would be no. But I don't think it's as open and shut as would I uh, would I interpreted Jordan Peterson to have uh, said. Well, I would say, of course, you're correct, Dan, that you can't make a blanket statement like that, and I I don't know why we would start at the idea that no. You're not trans. I mean, I'm not saying that we should be blindly. Well, you're talking about two different things. I'm I'm not saying whether or not we should say you're not trans. I'm saying whether surgery should be offered to a minor. That's the that's the issue I'm addressing. And the and 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 and, and, can I tell you another? And it may well be that you should never give surgery to a minor. But I don't think it's. I don't think without investigating it. Uh, and the psychological potential consequences, you can come to that conclusion. Can I tell you another story? Is kind of related to all this. When I used to pick up my daughter Mila at the JCC from swimming. I was often the only dad there. And, you know, the, the after swimming, the, the little, you're talking about three, four-year-old girls, they're changing out of their bathing suits, right? They're naked. The moms did not want me in the room. It's like, you know, they do, I'd, have to, I'd have to take Mila privately to change her out of her bathing suit. When, when it's a little boy swimming, of course, there's all the moms in there, you know, uh, uh, thing. So, now I agree with that. There might that. be something to that. Yeah, it, I agree with that in a certain way. But boy, when you ask 
this whole like gender is a social construct, blah, blah, blah crowd to rationalize that. The double talk is priceless. You know, the only way you can agree with that is if you don't think they're all the same. Men and women are not the same. None of it's the same. There are actually differences. And, and we actually do have set up rules to to uh, protect ourselves from those differences. Not that everybody or even that most people can't be trusted, but that a, a critical mass of Men. danger can be avoided Men. by making generalizations based on sex. I don't you don't like want the dads example. in there with all the naked daughters, right? You just don't want that. I, I respect that. I, I don't like that example, though. Okay, because it's the JCC? No, because it's really <laughs> hard to argue out of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, exactly. this is like this is like real life, you know? No, could I ask you yeah. quickly, you had said that you're not a fan of Jordan Peterson? Well, I'm not a fan of his, but I can't argue with... It's because you're doing well. Yeah. You don't need him. I cannot argue with the fact that I've heard this from other people, that he has inspired people in ways that they feel has changed their lives. And like, he makes men a lot better for women. A lot better for women. I was not a good candidate to be a boyfriend, you know? How are you now? I'm much better. Financially stable. I took over. I had five roommates. I took over the house, and now I live in a five-bedroom house. I got a dog. Started working out. Started treating comedy. I quadrupled my income. All because, in his point, and he always cries. I mean, he cries a lot when he when he talks. But uh, his point is, like, most people get no encouragement. And men right now, in particular, get no encouragement. And that's not an insult towards women or anything saying women shouldn't be lifted up in the way they have been, but it's gone really far to, to the point where when men are mostly discouraged for any any uh, stance of, of, of accomplishment or, or what would be seen as power. And so I started to like really feminize myself, and women don't like that. And, you know, uh, uh, comedy clubs or where, wherever, you know, it's not a, it's not a attractive look for most men. Well, you were going to ask... Why I what I don't my problem with Jordan Peterson? I guess that would be the logical uh, um, question. So I, I years ago I tried to read his one of his first books or his first book. It has a number in it. Twelve Rules for Life. Twelve Rules for Life, and I found it to be kind of self helpish, <clears throat> Tony Robbins ish, salesy, and I and and that turned me off. It reminded me of that Columbo episode. I don't know if you ever saw it, but with the self help guy with the Dobermans. No. Yeah, it's like this is a particular type of. You know, maybe kind of I see it as almost like a con man, although he's obviously a super genius and he, and what he's preaching is at root stuff I agree with, and it helps people. So I'm not arguing from a position of strength here, but there's something about it which just rubs me the wrong way. And then that he makes common cause with some of the people who agree with him on these trans issues who I consider to be bigots, like this guy, uh, what's his name, Walsh? Is that his name, the guy who did the documentary? Oh, Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh. Um, I haven't seen the documentary, but I saw his book that he wrote. Um, that children's He can book. go too far with it. I think yeah. a lot, uh, he's gone too too far with it. But Matt Walsh. I did watch the documentary. Yeah, and apparently people have said the documentary is kind of good. I haven't seen it, but the, the book that he wrote, the kid's book, uh, he incorporated I, that into the documentary. I thought he didn't. The documentary would have been brilliant if he left it be because he just goes to gender studies teachers and all sorts of people and just says, "What is a woman?" And they have mental breakdowns. And he's so deadpan. 
but then he brings in this book and makes it a little, you know. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like people who are making fun of other people, um, especially people who, even if you take Matt Walsh's point of view, you're talking about people that he believes have psychological issues, right? Like that's, he doesn't think they're actually women, so what's going on there? Well, he thinks that they're messed up in the head in some way. So why are you making fun of them? Like, what, what's your beef with them? Mm. Like, why are, you, why are you so mean to the people who have some sort of mental right, illness mental. in your point of view? So I don't like that whole wing. And I would respect Jordan Peterson more as a doctor. He's a doctor. He's a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, a psychologist. Psychologist. A psychologist. Uh, if he would disassociate himself from people like that. Well, he is a brand at this point. Yeah, but I don't and, like it. And when you have a brand, sometimes you got to stay on brand. And well, you know, I mean, to to sympathize with him in one way, which is like during COVID too, I I did impressions of Fauci that went crazy viral, and people you know call me a crazy right wing conservative, and I lost a lot of friends. I lost just a lot because of you were work. doing an impression of Fauci. Yeah, and I was. Well, I can was, we hear the impression because, um, you know, uh, if that you know. Uh, what what I say if if the if the Ukrainian war didn't happen and what do you guys think do you think like COVID kind of that week just it kind of stopped in the news right so um, I would say that if if that war didn't happen he he'd be uh, he'd be rolling out the thirtieth shot right now explaining why we need thirty shots you know the first shot really is just to loosen up the vein Noam and sort of get it ready for the second, third, and fourth dose. <laughs> the fifth, sixth, and seventh are to create a vaccine community within the body. Anyway, so go, that goes, that's a long, <laughs> that's long, that's a long joke. <laughs> but but to, to that point, I got thrown in that camp, like, viciously. Yeah. And, uh, and the Daily Wire offered me a, a movie, and I, it's been a dream to be in a movie my whole life. So I lost an agent for being white. I, I I lost a second one. Well, you said you lost an agent for me. Oh, are you, aren't you? Don't you have? Aren't you have a loss? Is it you who has a loss? Yeah, I have a loss. Wait, before we go, you have but, to tell but, this. But anyways, yeah, but yeah. briefly, uh, uh, you you if it was a serious like social isolation that I've never felt in my life, and so to have the Daily Wire be like, hey, we love what you're doing. Come be in our movie. You know, I could see kind of getting caught up in a in a, in a side that just you feel like you can at least be, like live your life in. Yeah, doesn't fully excuse it because I agree with you on the Matt Walsh stuff. Uh, tell so it's an amazing lawsuit. lawsuit. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, let's see. Assuming you're allowed to talk about a legal I, matter. Yeah, I just went on Doctor Phil, and they uh, and they we talked about it, the whole thing. So okay, it's all out. It's all the cat's out of the bag. Uh, so yeah, I've been acting for. I mean, can I pick a guest or can I pick a guest? This was guest. my idea. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't even know about the lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, uh, the lawsuit's yeah. But I had a feeling there was something it, interesting. Funny enough. I lo- just knew that Fisher would have something interesting going on. I, I, there were comedians that were like, you'll never work a day at the cellar because of this lawsuit. Why? I mean, they, I, they don't I got, know no I got dorm. so bullied. Why were they killed? Who said Be- that? Because it, we were in a time. Wait, first tell the lawsuit because it doesn't. Sure, sure. Okay. So uh, long story short, been acting for 20 years. Uh, maybe five years ago, I was with uh, Abrams Artist. Oh, I was with who, Who's now ago. somebody else. Oh, they're not around. Is he, is he still alive? They just changed the 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 name of it. I'm not okay. sure what. But yeah, I was but, with them years ago. Anyway, what well, Harry Abrams was. I don't know if he's still alive. We're, we're not that much time. Go ahead. Go okay, ahead. all right. Okay. I don't know if they dropped me. Or we just forgot about it. We just drifted apart. So they, uh, they, uh, they, they scouted me. And every time around SNL, a new agent will scout me and then bring me in, try to get me an audition, dump me. So they emailed me and just said it's too tough out there for white dudes. They removed me from the roster. 
And it was, it was kind of a shocking thing to be like. Wait. And they're not wrong, maybe not necessarily. They're not wrong, but it was it was. Uh, it, I, I quit acting for like two years after that. Then got back on the horse, started making videos, going viral. And then this other company again scouted me. Hey, we're we're gonna come watch you do stand up. They sent people out. We love you. You want to be on Curb Your Enthusiasm? We'll get you in. A uh, couple months goes by, silent. Then they call me. They go, we'd love to get you on the phone. And I'm like, okay, finally. Like, my dream is coming true. I've, I've had so many agents. And he goes, uh, we hit a snag. We're not working with white men anymore. And I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I just had like a two-year mental breakdown from the first one. So um, I, I was like, I, is this company policy? He goes, it's a new company policy. So I'm sitting at my podcast. I did a solo podcast, and my therapist was like, you got to fucking record this stuff. So I hit record, and I go, can you say that again? He goes, yeah, we want to work with you. Everyone loves you, but we won't because you're a white man. And I was like, can you say it a little slower? (laughs) And I said, is that company policy? And he said, it is. And uh, I just fucking had, I I broke down. I mean, like, I was sobbing. I was punching shit. I, I just, like... You know, I have a lot of support from from comedians. I've been on the scene for 13 years. People are really supportive, and right. and um, uh, so, anyways, I, I it took me months to even like tell my therapist about it, and then I just posted it on Instagram, and then like ran away from it. Um, you posted the recording on? No, Instagram? no, I just said what happened. Was that legal to to post yeah, the New, recording? In New York, it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but and, to post the recording would be legal. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. And uh, a lawyer reached out, and he goes, "Hey, man, this is." This is like clear as day discrimination. And uh, I sent him the tape and he's like, this is fucking ins- absurd. And so he filed a, a lawsuit at the Supreme Court. And then I posted the, the Supreme Court, the, court. the New York Supreme Court, not yeah. the not the Supreme Court that everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in so, New York, the Supreme Court is the lowest level. I said that. Court. I'm just making it clear. Yeah, yeah. I know okay. you said it. You said it in passing. I'm saying it clearly, cogently. And so I, uh, this, this is an important lawsuit because. Um, but I got he, ripped apart. I just posted that on Twitter, and man, like, I got what? What more Nobody that works at the cellar oh. that would say that you can't work at the cellar is that? I mean, whoever told you you can't work at the cellar? I, I don't gossip at all. I didn't but... know about this lawsuit before I let him work at the cellar. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it is a problem. Hey, man, you know, well, no, well, I, I got thirty shows. I'm good. Yeah, first of all, I'll two things. Before, I want to hear about that. I want to know that um, it's, it is a very important lawsuit because. You should do your part so people don't say these things out loud anymore. <laughs> now, now tell us why it is. They're going to do what they want. Anyway, tell us why it is that uh, people thought you wouldn't work at the cellar because of this. Oh, I got it. <laughs> you probably go look at a tweet. Uh, it, it was, look, when I did that, I had I had lots of white guys that work at the cellar, work everywhere, come to me privately and be like, thank you so much. I wouldn't, you know, that happened to me at this comedy club. People started coming out of the woodwork. I got a few thousand messages on Instagram. I, uh, I've heard, I've had white writer writers, liberal writers for very important liberal magazines say to me, you know, I got heard from them. They didn't want my piece because, because you know, because they, they wanted, you know, someone who wasn't white and they're like, you know, I, I really don't know how to feel about this. Like I always thought, but now it's happening to me. And I'm like, I just don't think this is right. Yeah. Yeah. But well, it's not right. I, I, m- most, most, if not close to all, are, are, aren't speaking out about it publicly. So when I did, it was like, oh, I can't believe you went there. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna work. And I, I don't really care. I don't. So care this about was this. this wasn't the seller in particular. Just you wouldn't work in this business anymore. 
Yeah, it was all. Yeah, you know, it was the seller. It was the it was seller, everyone. but yeah, what, yeah. what about? But I don't. I started my own. But what thing. about the seller's reputation would imply that we were would be? Because this we, is the we, top. But Louis on for like, Christ's sake. What yeah, we care yeah, about yeah. your lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think people are really afraid to speak out, and so when I did, it was like, dude, you're you're done, you know. But <laughs> That's so stupid. I, I, yeah, I don't think any club cares to tell you the truth. Sure. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. But but not but but Noam in particular doesn't care because this is an issue that's dear to Noam. Yeah, I wouldn't care if you were if you were if you were you know suing the Jews for for. And also Noam, I'm also doing that. Noam (laughs) maybe to a fault, maybe not. Tries to separate personal, even if Noam disagreed with you. Yeah. Noam makes it a point, and maybe he goes too far in the other direction to prove that he does not mix personal feelings with booking decisions. Well, anybody that's very rare. To, anybody that's has a right to a lawsuit. What's rare? But I'm saying, even if he were yes, outraged yes. by your views, no, I would probably would, watch you around more often so I could argue with you. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I I didn't. Uh, yeah, I I didn't work uh, during COVID. Like I didn't do shows at any like uh, COVID passport places too, and that that was another big like. Oh, so are you? Are you an anti-vax? No, no, I just didn't want to get it. I had no opinion on vaccines, nothing. But again, back to everything gets put in this far right camp. So to me, I was like, well, I'm um, I'm already cast in that thing. I might as well do the lawsuit. I might as well do the movie with Daily Wire. You know. Uh, it is disturbing. Out. I don't know all your views, but it, I'll tell you it's disturbing. For someone, for me, who, I mean, maybe it's my own delusion, I do not think I'm particularly, you know, right-wing, reactionary person on any issue, really. Like, you know, and yet, if I filled out a questionnaire, I shudder to think where they would place me on the spectrum. Maybe, oh, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. it wouldn't be bad. I think I actually did one of those questionnaires. Questionnaire, not But you're so much more interesting if you have nuance. It's, I'm so bored with talking to people where you just know right away they're going to they're gonna shut down. They're not going to talk about it. It's becoming people really are craving like some nuanced dialogue in yeah. a serious way. Yeah, well, that's why uh, the people who are nuanced, their podcasts but, are but, but, making it, millions. Yeah, but some of those people aren't necessarily new. I, I think that, I mean, I, mean, I think um, taking staking out extreme, unnuanced positions is probably more lucrative than than saying, yeah, but on the other hand, yeah, but on the other hand. But then again, you know, I'm. But the nuance is now the extreme. The nuance has been shifted to like this more right wing type of thing, I believe. Well, oh, you're 100 percent true. I mean, if if you're following 100 percent right, if you're following these uh, Twitter I, files, I, but there's nobody more nuanced in this podcast. Where's the millions? 2023. Well, I think in 2023. If I don't. Oh, rush, you've been recording this. Oh, I, I speak. I think if I speak more slowly, yeah. <laughs> and the millions will roll in, and you fucking don't undermine me. I think we can. Th- this podcast can take off because I think I'm a good interviewer. I just saw how I've degraded. Isn't that Nicole laughing? Degraded because oh, there's someone here. I'm rushing through everything now because I can read the bubble. I can hear the blaring well, that, that, bubble that, that, over that, Dan's fucking head. That may well be. But but you'll have to admit that when I opened the discussion, Twitter, a more general discussion of Twitter, I think that's when things really got cooking. In in my opinion, or you can have Jordan Peterson on, and that'll really kick you off. But or it may well be, or it may well be, and as I said, I've been saying this literally for years that we have no business doing a podcast together. 
right, let Periel I mean, chime we're two, in. We have two nice very, wife. Different, go ahead, go ahead. very different visions, neither of which is necessarily wrong, but incompatible. This maybe podcast ain't fun. big enough for the both of us. What is it? So for? maybe you should do your own podcast, what, which, I, which I, I would think would wow, be. Wow, I'm doing the last podcast. You know what, Dan? You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what better time than, than the end of the year? Go ahead, Periel. I have been sitting here for how long? Three years? Oh, God. No. Um, it I seems like nine. <laughs> I think that, that I, I don't think that that's a wholly bad thing that you're aware of keeping Dan on his toes because Dan is a good representative sample of a balance between... <clears throat> Something that is extremely particular. No, if you listen to that podcast I did with Eric Levitt, I am I rushing. I didn't finish my sentence. Let the woman finish. Oh, Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. no, please, I, I, by all means. Go ahead, finish. I, I think you. I, I try. I, I get your point, but go ahead. I, I look to Nicole as... <laughs> I love that. I, I already understand what you're saying. Continue. And it sucks. <laughs> it, it may, look, it may be that there is a demographic that wants to hear all of Gnome's details, his research, that, and there might be... Tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of people in that category. I don't think we're going to find them on Raw Dog. We're not just on Raw. We're on Raw Dog, and we are. (laughs) And and if we want to find or 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 a podcast, yes, we got renewed yet again. Well, uh, yeah. No, listen. Can I or like the laugh button or. We might have the longest-running show on Sirius Radio, except for Howard Stern at this point. Dan, anybody can tune in. Like it's well, then if if if. If we, then how do we target the demographic that's going to sit there and listen to Noam rattling yeah, off details that I don't even understand? I went to law school, and I don't know what the fuck he's talking yeah, about. You went to Fordham. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. you got to start doing impressions. But don't let me start. Switch it up uh, every don't time. let me even bring up Tufts. <laughs> yeah, I thought you went to Tufts. No, oh, no he, he went, went to Tufts. Tuf. Tuf. so, so you were about to undergrad. You were about to, but I didn't I do well. I think Penn is top five now. You were about I didn't to, do well. You were about to say something I think very profound, very interesting, and very insightful about my genius. Go ahead. Go ahead. Then we got to go. I just think that, you know, the two of you have really got to find a happy medium, which I do think that... Well, you know, know. So, somebody like Tyler represents a very good example of. He'd make a great co-host. <laughs> I, can, I can even I can talk like Ben Shapiro and just do it as fast as you want. We can really get these stories out as fast as we want. Stop! I this impression you, is brought to you by Express VPN. You know, Ben for 50% the way, off. I much prefer Jordan Peterson to Ben Shapiro. Ugh. I don't like him. I like some of what he says, but he. Uh, I listen to Ben Shapiro uh, more than I like to admit, just because he covers a lot of ground very quickly. I got to ride in really quick. Yeah, I, I like I like that he that he's uh, con- concise. He's I, I don't know. I, I don't like him either. Appalling. On some, okay, on, on some so issues, you just hate Jews. Just admit you hate Jews. Right. On some issues, he's appalling. Appalling. On, uh, on other issues, he's, he's appalling. It's but you don't get. It's like you well, just know. He, he gave a very. Have you listen, how, how much have you listened to him? Enough to know that he makes me <laughs> sick. You listened to one of his ad, ad reads. <laughs> no, his all his stuff about like gay people and trans is so hateful and disgusting. He gave a very very impassioned defense of America's defense of Ukraine. The other day mm-hmm. uh, on the, on this show, that I thought was the best pro, the best 
best rendition of that argument that I had heard or read anywhere. He was very good. He, he can be very good. He's very smart. Nobody's saying he's not smart or that that's not good. I just think that those other things make it really um, right, difficult to that's, swallow. That's not enough of a reason for me not to listen to somebody. Okay. You know. Um, Okay, I think for 2023, we need to really up our social well, if, media. If no, if, if no I'm, hire, I'm hiring a clip person for the Comedy Cellar in general. Would that apply to this How do you podcast? get the tapes on these uh, shows? Yes, Liz. Yes, Liz. Okay. Well, you have to work here for like two years first. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Liz. <laughs> but your, your tapes? Yeah, can I? Is it too soon to ask for tapes? No, so, I'm kidding. You're, some people are like, "Don't ask for the tapes." But the same idiots that told you you never work here again. <laughs> Dude, everyone's got different rules. If you knew the different rules, people come you, up. You with, could I'm ask. Like, what the? That's fuck ridiculous. Are you the only reason we do the tapes is for comedians. People are like, get "Don't them. drink tea at the Medulla Street place. You'll get fired." Like, what the? Fuck? Um, you you can actually in the underground. You can just tell the engineer, "Can you record my set?" And he can actually. Record it for you and email it to you right then. We oh, actually have it's amazing. But if you don't tell them prior to going on, oh okay, okay, you can tell Liz and they have to edit it out. But All I, right. in the last six months ago, I put in a new computer there, which is supposed to simply be able to make ad hoc recordings of comedians. Just if the comedian asks the engineer, okay, he can press record right before you go on, stop the file right when you get off. And we, ha- you know, we have very high speed internet here. Oh, we have amazing. like the same like a. Uh, Stealth internet, it's like one gigabyte up and down. So you, we can email very large files, or you can, you know, obviously use a Google Drive or whatever, but Great. very high speed. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, you can, by the way, uh, normally it will come with a timestamp. I always ask for no timestamp, if you please. Uh, you may not oh, care about the timestamp. Oh, sure, sure. I don't oh, like yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it, how big a difference it makes in terms of whether it goes viral or not. I don't yeah, know, yeah, but yeah. It's it doesn't matter. It looks but the timestamp is there okay. for security because okay. I like to keep track of. If for some reason some file on, in an unauthorized way got somewhere that the comedian didn't want, sure, I want the timestamp on it. Unless the comedian is ready to take the risk, there's no, you know, um, not that it's ever happened because I want to be able to trace it down to exactly when that file was given out and who it was given out to, so then we can actually maybe go back and find out how exactly it got out. Okay, smart. <laughs> Okay, I I want to call a meeting of the three of us before we proceed into 2023. Can we record? Can we can we do it? Can we record it for a podcast? Yeah, we can. <laughs> but also, don't you think you should have told us Maximum that you're done. getting a clip person for the podcast? Don't you think well, he's getting that? a clip person in general for, but, the, for yeah. the comedy seller? But, but, but why don't? But he said also it applies to us. The truth of the matter is, the hardest part about getting the clip is finding a good clip. The actual uh, uh, the actual cutting and editing I can do, and it's not that tough. What's tough is sitting through the podcast and figuring out how to get a 30-second clip or a six... Because sometimes somebody will say something funny that references something that happened 20 minutes ago. Wouldn't be good for a clip. No, but the Sometimes way- a clip, you know, so that's the hardest part is finding the clip. Yeah, but the way the good ones do it also, they'll, they'll cut space. You- they'll, they'll speed it up with, and they'll do it in a way that has timing and they'll caption it. And sometimes they'll even caption it in a way to enhance the right, joke, right. bigger bigger fonts, smaller right. yeah, fonts, yeah, yeah, colors, right. whatever. In a way that I couldn't do. Yeah. You know who's in artist- I still say the hardest part is finding a good clip with you, but some, some people. No, it, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think you overthink it. And you know who's actually amazing at this? No. Well, she's sitting right fucking behind me. She costs money. She's not cheap. She, Noam's hiring somebody that he's paying her or him anyway. Full time. Give me the full time. So, so that it doesn't cost do it. extra to have them do it for us. Is it? Whereas, co- no, Nicole but like does. you guys are. Yeah, like- we will provide it for you if you want it. We'll, we'll, we'll caption it for you. I love it, baby. I love it. Um, 
So there's your answer to your question, uh, Tyler. Your special is called the new normal. That's or a, that's the a, new normal. That's no, I haven't hired the person yet. Maybe, oh, maybe Nicole wants this give... job, but I was, pr- I was presuming Nicole. Okay, had a, well, a you can work. talk about that with Nicole, but I'm trying to wrap things up yeah. with a nice bow, you know. Yeah, now it feels like a pity job, so I don't know if I want it. <laughs> no, I would. It's not a pity job at all. Everybody likes you here, Nicole. You do good work. It, it, no, it just occurred to me as we're saying this, like, why didn't anybody consider Nicole? But I, because you're kind of like outside my. Who? I don't even know who you work for. Do you work for me? <laughs> um, in this case, Daily yes, wire. I do. Anyway. Okay, so <laughs> I, feel like I, I feel like I should pay you to. Uh, who should I pay? What was the name of that special again? The New Normal. The on New Normal is on YouTube, of course. Yeah. And uh, you'll be discussing, are there any, one or two topics to whet our appetite of particular interest? On the special? On the special. Trans surgery for kids. <laughs> <laughs> are you really? Uh, my dad being gay and how uh, homophobia is the reason why I'm alive. Okay, that's interesting. Some stuff about my You've friends. whetted my appetite? Yeah. And, um, yeah, some other, uh, well, some Trump and Biden impressions. Trump and Biden impressions and why homophobia saved Tyler Fisher's Gave life. life. Pardon? Gave me life. Gave him life. Yeah. Um, podcast at ComedySally.com. I mean, uh, you know, Noam brought up uh, becoming, uh, you know, what he wants to do in 2023 in terms of ignoring me or trying to somehow, uh, you know, um, not consider uh, me, um, which is fine. If you agree with that, let us know. Uh, if you disagree, is that the way? Is that really how you're going to characterize what I said? Well, no, just say like I get, <laughs> I'm looking at the bubble above Dan's head, and I'm I got to ignore. Push that. me around. I'm not going to rush through my okay my interviews anymore. If you agree that that would be a good thing for the podcast, please let us know. We ask you this all the fucking time. You don't write in. Let us know what we can do to improve the podcast. If you want me out, I'll leave. Let me know, and uh, I'd be happy to. Uh... And Tyler can slide, slide in. right in. Slide right <laughs> in. Right, I could do it as Bill Burr sometime, whatever the fuck you want. Oh, that's right? a good burr. That's a good burr. Fucking brutal. And 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 oh, that's a good burr. That is a good burr. And 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 what's and what's bet what's even better is I've never heard anyone do I have in all candor, I've heard people doing Voss. Uh no, Jordan and what's the other one you did tonight? Ben. And Ben. Yeah. Kyle Donegan does both of those. I know, uh, you, you must know Kyle. Yeah. Um, I don't know him personally. But but, but I've never heard a burr. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good fucking burr, yeah. and it's a unique impression that I've never heard before. And Man, he'd be perfect. What would, would, you know, I mean. Wh- Can you do a Natterman? Maybe nobody even Do you do know. another impression that nobody does? Uh, or that, virtually that, nobody that does? Nobody, yeah. Or that nobody. We, we got to wrap it up. You, okay. Cause, 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 okay, uh, fine. Bye, bye, bye. bye. <laughs>